welcome to the to the Verbal Women Calls podcast. Um, today I've got Christine Marie Quigliff with me. Did I say it right? Yep. Quigliff. Awesome. She's a menstrual holistic coach, holistic menstrual coach with Sparrow Holistic. So if you're not a menstruator, you can go away, unless you're an ally and you want to learn more about this amazing revolution. This gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous girl is starting with her message. So welcome, Christina. How are you doing today? Ah, I am doing so well. I just, I have so much fun when I speak with you every time. Same. Oh, I'm like, what? I was having a shower earlier and no weird thoughts. I was while I was thinking about our conversation, I was thinking, if I was to describe Christine to people who can't see her, she's like feminine embodied. I mean, you've got such a warm feminine energy that I just want to hang out with you. I love it. It's very rare. I and maybe that's what we should talk about at some point today. Why the hell it's so rare and why we need more of that. But yeah. It's so good to have you here and talk to you again. That's why we just pressed the record, but we've been talking for at least half an hour already because when we start talking, <laughs> time flies. Time flies. But hopefully we're going to capture some of this awesomeness that already escaped you in, <laughs> in the next few minutes. So welcome to the episode. Christine, what's the revolution that you're trying to start with your message? Ah, the revolution is... The fact that menstrual disorder and pain is actually avoidable and is not normal. Boom. So I hope that a lot of people's ears went, oh, oh, hell no. Oh, she did not just say that. (laughs) I hope so. Because... You may not realize it, but that's actually participation in learned helplessness. We have been groomed to realize, we have been groomed to realize, I'm using those words specifically, that we are powerless in our menstrual suffering. And it is not true. Um, And why can I say that? Because look at ourselves. The womb is in the middle of the body. Like, we wouldn't be given this thing, this beautiful device, this instrument in ourselves that gives life, that creates life. And it wouldn't be put in the center of our body if it was something meant to break down. I would say it's not the device's fault. It's not, what do they call it? It's, a, it's, an, industry, it's an industry term where you have to question, is it a user fail or is it a device fail? I would call this a user fail. Um, We are not using this organ, this machine, the system, really, it's a system. We're not using it the way that it's supposed to be used. And we're not nurturing it for its greatest use. And so just like a computer is not a great home for a plant, it would not be a good idea to put a plant on top of a computer and water the plant with a draining pot. It's not, the computer is just not going to work as well as it could. Yeah. Huh? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yep. Like you were saying earlier, in the medical field, we're going completely wrong way about it, right? 
medicine it completely doesn't acknowledge the fact of womb health and just treats the outcomes of poor user management <laughs> right I like the user management yeah and and it's not because they don't want to mm -hmm. because doctors love people they love people and i'm the daughter and a granddaughter of doctors and my grand my godfather's roommate operated on me and operated on my womb and after the operation like two or three weeks after the operation the first thing he says is okay so your healing's going well what birth control should we try now that man loves me and that was what he gave that was the next step and that's the problem so medicine you know as we say in the south in the u.s god bless him and actually joe biden says that a lot um i don't want to go political now but he does say god bless him um but medicine bless their hearts <laughs> um they are hamstrung to be able to assert this the solution that i offer and the solution to a problem is how we usually name problems so if i have bacterial bronchitis it's called bacterial bronchitis because its solution is antibiotic take an antibiotic it goes away if i have viral bronchitis if i took an antibiotic it would not go away so we name it from its solution. And so it's called menstrual disorder because its solution is menstrual order. Okay, cool. How do we achieve that? Well, I achieved menstrual order. How do I know? Because my menstruation is not disordered. How do I know? Because I'm not experiencing the symptoms anymore that I experienced for two decades and had to have surgeries and did every kind of birth control about and had to fertility treatments on and la la la, all of that is because I brought order to it, but it was in a non-medical process and it was in a substance-free process. And that is very difficult for a doctor to imagine could be possible. How do you fix the body without getting in there, you know, their mechanics for the body? They, they wanna get the wrench and fix. But what if it's just, again, user fail? And so we have to learn how to, how to use this thing that we got because right now we're like a hiker you know the movies where somebody's like i'm gonna i'm gonna hike mount everest and they go to the hiking store and they go give me your best give me your best products your best everything and they and they show the montage and then they show them leaving with like a giant coat on <laughs> and like all the devices and all the gear and they have no idea how to use any of it and they hire the first person they see on the street who's walking by and they say, have you been to a mountain? Yeah, I've been to a mountain. Can you help me with this? Absolutely. And they give the best that they've got, but they only know their experience of it. And they have a different set of tools. And the scenario I'm describing is a metaphor for what we're doing. We have this very expensive, highly, ooh, ah, technologically sophisticated device, the best. It is so comprehensively, supportive of our greatness it will get us to the top of everest it will it will it will but we're asking for help 
from a tour guide or a mountain climber who has an entirely different set of tools and knows how to climb the mountain, but their way is not the way that our devices have set us up to do that trek. And their job is to fix, not to prevent, not to, yeah. give, not to give you the tools, right? For some reason, somebody, as always, as I'm recording an episode, is trying to bring me. Lovely. Let me just switch that off. Lovely. Good call. Me too. No, that was on my laptop. I already switched my phone off. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I, it's going to be one of those things on this podcast where uh, my mom ringing me is like, uh, you know, like a catchphrase, like a, like an element that we always have during a podcast recording. It happened on every single episode so far. So hello, mom. I'm still alive. I'll call you back later. Um I, love I really that. loved what you've said, but I would like you us to backtrack to the time thing you didn't know all this. Mm-hmm. The times where it all started for you. Why did you embark yeah. on this mission and to, to revolutionize our womb health, to help pe- people who are menstruating feel their best, perform their best, um, live in alignment with womb's wisdom? <laughs> right so how did that start because it's it, you know you weren't born with this knowing so no take us back yeah um so it's two storylines the first storyline is how I got into holistic to understanding to being in a holistic machine a holistically solving machine everything I do is holistically based Um, and that is because I failed sixth grade. They passed me technically with a D minus, but I failed. And they said, she has to repeat sixth grade. My mother did not agree. They had me do an IQ test and I scored high. And it's with a psychiatrist. It was at UNC Chapel Hill at Carolina, a four hour test. I thought it was playtime. And I love, I I, I thought it was therapy. And I was like, I have been wanting therapy for so long. Like, I (laughs) so excited to like play games, show how smart I was, answer math questions and vocab questions. And I was just having a blast, like puzzles. I was like, this is the best. And um, can we do this every week? (laughs) What did you say? I was thinking about, imagine myself in a place like that and wanting to do that every single week instead of school time. Yeah. Yeah. I was taken out of school. My mom said, we're going to, we're going to talk to this professor at Carolina. He has some questions for you. It's going to be super casual. I didn't realize that it was an IQ test Um, (laughs) and that was fine. And when they came out that I had a high, a high IQ, I actually thought it was all a lie because I had been told that I was stupid. And so I thought my mother and the psychiatrist had or psychologist had conspired to like make me feel good and that this paper they showed me was a lie and that this paper validated me to be put into this like very academically competitive program in an entirely different school system in the next grade so I didn't repeat I went into the next grade I was certain that I was dumb and that this conspiracy was just like 
out of control. Like I was just like, my mom really loves me and she's trying to make me feel good, but like, I'm going to fail. Um, oh, bless and, huh? Bless you. That must have like for a little girl to feel like this, you must have been really crushed by the educational system up to that point to feel this way about yourself. Well, you, you know, like to you. ironically, I was always high achieving, but in sixth grade was when my parents divorced. Mm. But we didn't know that that was, it wasn't when they divorced, they divorced two years later, but it was happening. Yeah, that was the time when the relationship started breaking down, wasn't it? Yeah, and I was reacting and not knowing what was happening, you know, and it was coming out, it was, it was landing in my studies, but I had actually always been a good student. And so it was weird that I just did that. Um, but what happened is that my I was in this competitive program and I knew I was going to fail. And so my mother said, teach what you don't understand. But the mental wasn't available to me. The intellect wasn't available to me because I shut it down. I'd been told. Right. And so I started using environment and working holistically. I started using the person and, and, and looking at the material and realizing that, oh my gosh, everything that we're learning is actually very, very much validated by their reality. So if we're learning about algebra, um, learning that X is all numbers, I didn't learn algebra by understanding theoretical X. I learned it by saying X is three. X is gonna always be three unless there's some other condition that means it has to be negative three. Okay, but I kept using pragmatism and the practicality of reality. That's holistically working. Using my, my gut because it was very, very strong. You know, using this whole combination to understand the world around me. And I, and I did that and that's how I got through life. That was my ticket. And so I can read experiences, systems, people, problems, like everything I'm doing is I'm, I'm looking at it through this scan, through this holistic way. And so, you know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours to be an expert. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm an, I'm an holistic expert. I can just see the things. I can just see the problem. I can see the whole, because I'm not looking at it in the way that if somebody's in the system would just take for granted the realities of it to me it's all a wonder and a surprise and, and so then what happens is we have me at 15 getting my period for the first time and I got it late um I was a ballerina maybe that was why um but I got it late and I got it and I was in utter and total pain and the doctor's solution when you come in with pain and when you come in with problems is lose weight and exercise. Yeah. Uh, okay, not available. So what do they do? They put me on birth control almost immediately and the birth control works and then it stops and then they switch and then it stops and then they switch. And that went on for a long time. And then I had problems come up and I lost an ovary and then I had to have surgeries and then I had, um, you know, then the problems just kept getting worse and the PMS started to get bad. Uh, the birth control never treated the PMS. The birth control treats only the pain symptom. So the woman's degenerating. And as the woman's degenerating, this thing that's in the center of our body, then if that's out of balance, everything else has to counterbalance to be in balance with the off balance. Mm 
And how did that show up for you? How did it feel at the time? Um, extreme cramps, nausea, vomiting, insomnia, sweats, ache, menstrual migraine. Like just take the 15 symptoms. I think there's one thing I didn't ever have. Uh, I remember looking at the symptoms list recently. There's one thing I never had, um, but I can't think of what it was right now. Um, but overall, just everything that you can have, I had. And so, and when you're a teenager, what that means, you have to show up. You don't have a choice. And so that means showing up to the final exam, tears streaming down my face in pain. And I was a ballerina. So I'm dancing and I'm in, I'm feeling like my insides are being ripped apart. And dancing helps ease the pain, which so is not dance. Imagine the level of pain you'd be experiencing at that point. Exactly. And so what do I do? I dance harder. I dance harder. I work out harder because it gives me some relief. And the irony of that short-term gain, long-term pain, the irony of it is that when your body is, is in its time of menstrual shedding, what I call priestess phase, what we might biologically call the menstrual phase, it actually needs to rest as much as possible. And it needs to slow down because it's actually restoring itself inside. And so it physiologically pulls you back so that you can do less. And what doctors say, what my doctor told me was to work out more to ease the pain because it does, it does ease the pain because what you're doing is you're breathing. And the more that you breathe, the more flow that's happening. And that flow helps keep the cramps from cramping because they can't go like that if they're constantly going like this. They can't, if they're like that. But you're also ripping the body of its resources because if it doesn't get the restoration that it needed to have happen, then it's going to try to recoup it during those 28 previous, the, during the next 28 days. And if it doesn't recoup it, it screams out, I need more nurturing. I need more rest. This time, will you please rest more? Will you please give me what I need? And you don't because you're in pain. You work out more. You, you curse yourself more for being even lower energy. And we see how, we see why we don't get diagnoses like endometriosis until we're 20, 21. It's not because it just shows up then. It's because the womb degenerates so much that now it's showing symptoms of illness because it's that sick. It's reacting more because it's that sick. And so that's what happened for me is um, that's why they didn't actually find my uh, the cyst that I had in my right ovary left, right? I never know. I cannot remember right now. I think it's the right ovary. In my right ovary, um, the cyst was there and then it grew out and then it grew around it and then it flipped on itself. And then it, I almost hemorrhaged. I went to the emergency room when it, when it was about to hemorrhage. And the reason they couldn't detect it, even though I went to the OBGYN twice a year, the gynecologist twice a year, is because, um, and scanned and did all this stuff, was because I had already had the endometriosis diagnosis, so they expected to see weird stuff. And also because 
I was in such extreme pain and they were so used to me having cysts everywhere that it just wasn't crazy. It wasn't abnormal. And since I was working out all the time, um, I was suppressing it. So anybody else, you actually should have been able to see it through my body. It was so big. When my doctor took it out, he showed a picture and here was my body. Well, let me do it like this. Here was my body on the, uh, on the operating table. And my, and the cyst was this, it, no, huh, what's something really, really big. The cyst was one and a half times the width of my body. And it was this lump of nails and fat and hair and all of this stuff. And it was, my body was this and the cyst was this. And it was smush, smush, smushed in there because I was working so hard to keep it down. So my abs, he said that he did not have the strength to pull it apart. He had to work with another doctor when they were operating on me to pull me apart because the abs were so strong because they were pushing so hard against this pain, against this thing in my body. Like that is insane. Yeah. I didn't even know you could have a cyst bigger than the width of your waist. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible that they didn't spot it earlier either. But like you said, they- It was part of the world. Yeah, it, insane. Insane. That Imagine how many people are going through that right now. But I, it was interesting when you mentioned the priestess stage and the different and the different stages in our menstrual cycles where, where we, we are- meant to be doing certain things like resting in the priestess stage could you discuss a little bit in a little bit more detail those different stages so people know who are menstruating know what what they can how they can live their life more in a bit more alignment with their work and helping yeah um and I actually my free my gift to your listeners is my menstrual magic mini course that takes you through this. Um, Amazing. I will yeah. put that in the description of this so you can have a look guy. Yeah, um, it is. So the four phases are the key to all of this. They are the key to uh, nurturing your womb. Um, and the first phase, the, what we call day one, is um, the priestess phase, what biologically speaking is called the menstrual phase. It's when our body, it's when we are shedding the menstrual, the lining, we're shedding the lining of the uterus and of the, of the reproductive organs. We're shedding that lining. It is not blood. There might be a little bit of blood in there, but it's actually like we're shedding, we're, we're shedding the waste. We're shedding waste. We're shedding what is not. So when people say, when I bleed, uh, bleeding suggests that you are losing life-giving fluid. You're losing something. You are not losing a damn thing. You are shedding. You are shedding what no longer serves in your body. It served a purpose and now it doesn't. We don't save our McDonald's burger wrappers. We throw them away. They've served their <laughs> That's a great analogy. You well, and, and this is that because it's highly nutritious to the plant world, this stuff that we're shedding, just like fertilizer is nutritious to plants. Poo is very nutritious, but we're not holding on to it. 
it, we're not sacrificing anything by taking a dump. We're not sacrificing our life substance when we are menstrually shedding. We are letting go what no longer serves. But to do that, we don't work out when we are taking a dump. We sit down and we have a ceremony in the bathroom alone. And we even might go, ah, as we do it. We are like this. That's the same thing that your body needs you to be doing when you are in priestess phase, going, huh, so that it can do all of this shedding. And don't worry, it totally makes up for this period of rest of, and also of realizations. You know, a lot of, a lot of, I love this bathroom metaphor that I'm on. When we, a lot of like great realizations have happened when we have been taking a shower or when we have just been practically yeah. Right? Massive believer of the shower thought and the shower ideas. All my best ideas have been conceived in the shower. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening in priestess phase is that it is so cool. Is that these realizations, these like life changing realizations, they land, they land during this time because you are passively present in the world because that's how you're set up to be. Uh, your emotional is like kind of doing some work. Your intuition is doing a ton of work. It's just channeling. And it's channeling because your mental is on vacation. So your mental is like out of the way. So where you have an idea in, in priestess phase, you it might have been there for weeks. But before the mental was like, no, 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 can't do that idea. Can't do it. Let me tell you all the ways that it can't happen. But it's on vacation. And this is why when you're in priestess phase, you walk into a room and you're like, what is wrong with me? I forgot why I, why I was even here. Oh, I'm so stupid. No, you're not. Your mental is taking a break because it's supposed to, and you're not supposed to be going all over the place and doing all kinds of things. And don't worry though, because you will get to do that in the next phase, soldier phase, where I think we should actually be calling day one, because it is the time of beginnings. Priestess is actually the time of endings and releasing. Soldier phase is where we are harnessing the power of beginnings. We have testosterone being pumped into us. Our mental was on vacation. It's back, baby, and it's ready to rock. It is, <laughs> it is so on fire for you. You want less sleep. You uh, want to be into action. And anybody who gets in your way, I pity them because you are so energized. This is a great time of starting stuff, of starting new habits, of learning new languages, of starting new projects, not with other people, but like getting yourself together to embark, but also being around people. You're extroverted right now. So you're not losing energy when you're around people where you are in priestess phase, also losing energy because your body wants you away from people so that you can have these amazing landings happen and you can let this stuff go. In soldier, you're like gathering and you're saying, I got all this space, let's let's jam. Mm -hmm. And so, and soldier is getting things done. That's why I call it soldier phase. We might call it follicular phase if we're speaking biologically. Then the phase after that, where ovulation is happening, is called peacemaker phase. And it is a time where biologically speaking, follicular, then ovulation, then luteal, all of these boom, 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 are happening here. But this window, this time of transition, I call peacemaker phase because we are biologically set up 
we are so sexy. We are so hot. We are so attractive. And we are like, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like, oh my God, I just, <laughs> oh, you, we're just on fire about ourselves and the world is on fire for us. And we are, our emotional is very high. Our mental is not as high as it was in soldier. So this is a time of compromise, a time of relation, relating. And so a lot of times in soldier phase, we'll, we'll be aware, we'll become aware of boundaries that need to happen for us from priestess. Soldier is going to enforce the boundaries without asking. Priest, peacemaker is going to say, how do you feel about the boundaries that I've set? I don't like it, says the other person in your world. Okay, let's talk about how this is actually so good for both of us. Like peacemaker is sales, is chairing meetings, is leading teams, leading from behind in this way where the people just want, they just want to be a part of your world. And so that's the best time to like have tough conversations with people. Because it's the best time customer feedback, uh, customer service. Um, anytime that there's a big, a really important conversation that you need to have with somebody in your life who you love so much, this is the time because not only are you sending those signals of love with your mouth and, and you just are just this amazing relator at this time, but your body is also sending this. So your body is sending off these hormones of love, of just, uh, and if anybody is repelled by you at this time, like they're like, oh, I just don't want to be around you. And, or you're repelled by them. Hear that, listen to that, because this is the time to, to be aware of that. And it doesn't mean tomorrow they're not going to be with you, but don't bother. Don't, don't push. Don't it. Yeah, don't force because you're intuitively figuring something out. Intuitively, you're not on fleek the way you are in priestess phase, but you are more intro. You are not, you are still extroverted, but not as like as you are in soldier phase, where we are most like our allies. In peacemaker phase, we are most like mothers and we're most like caretakers in the sense of like the mother who's like, back off, buddy. I am mothering right now. I am taking care of this child. That's how we are for ourselves and those around us and in a non-aggressive way. I love That's that. why it's the peacemaker. And what comes after that? After peacemaker is queen. And queen is a queen. She's a fierce, fiercely loving, fiercely devoted to you badass bitch in the most oh, it's so it's so beautiful the way where peacemaker loves in a topical way I love everybody queen loves fiercely in I love you so much I refuse to let you hurt yourself for a moment longer and this is where we see PMS come and PMS is not a result you know, we name our solutions by the problem. Um, it is premenstrual and it is a syndrome, but it's a syndrome of love. And it's a syndrome of a time where you have, we are taught, we are groomed as, as people who menstruate to, we are groomed to be of service. 
we win. We get applauded when we are selflessly giving, when we are the mother to all. We get applauded when we sacrifice ourselves for others. As women, I'm gonna, just gonna I have to say women especially. And this self-sacrifice, uh, what happens is that because we are hurting ourselves, our queen is not happy with that. And it tells us, did you notice this and this and this and this? And it's naming ways that we can take care of ourselves. And it's posing questions to us, deep, deep questions that can't go ignored anymore because our unconscious self, our, uncon our, excuse me, our subconsciousness is coming up. It's going to peak in priestess. That's why intuition can land so easily because we're more subconsciously open, but it's coming up and all the trash that we've been trying to hide from ourselves, all those slights, all those moments of self-sacrifice, they're unavoidable now. And we get angry that it happened. And we get angry that we did, uh, did this to ourselves. And we lash out at others because we're always taught to be outwardly oriented. When this is the time to be in the castle, queen is in the castle. There are some people around her. She's not priestess in a temple alone, but she is in the castle away from the others. And so she is full, full of energy, full of ideas, full of ways to care for herself. And she's angry if she has not been nurtured. Now, when we do, when we nurture our womb and we take care of ourselves and we address what the queen is so beautifully, so kindly giving to us, when we address these things and heal them, queen is in service. So, so we go from Sparta from ancient Sparta, where we're always defending ourselves and surviving to Athens, where we are, it is the land of milk and honey. We do have a military, but we don't use it because we don't need to fight because we have made peace, peacemaker, through delegation instead of force. And because we're not living a life created by force and by sacrifice and by all of that stuff, we are now focused on better for better for better. What can make my life better? And that's when we're having all of these brilliant ideas and we're contributing in massive ways. And we, we are just thriving in the workplace and our, our contributions cannot be ignored because we are showing up in our wholeness. And that is our queen really showing up for us, through us. And then all the things that queen asserts, all these brilliant ideas that she has, or these brilliant changes that need to happen in our world that we need to address, they're written down. They're not acted on in queen. They're just observed. And the question is given. And we take that to priestess and priestess decides what really matters. And she doesn't look at the list. She's aware of all the things and it will intuitively come up what really needs to be addressed, what really matters. And that gets affected by the soldier. And now we have ourselves on the cycle again. And when we live in this way of nurturing and nurturing and better for better for better, we just get better and better and better. And the womb gets better and better and better and gets into balance. What has this knowledge of this and living in sync with these phases has enabled you to do? Um, one thing it's enabled me to do is to be able to have this mission because I this is an entirely new uh, direction for me. I pivoted my business. I pivoted. I I changed my way 
I change the way that I live. And so I live according to the phases. And if you, people who are entrepreneurs, business owners, new thought leaders, like your, your listeners, what we tend to do is to give our all and then burn out. And then we have to restore and then we start over again and we just go, I'm going to work really hard. Hopefully I don't burn out this time, but I have to do this because this has got to happen. Well, by living in this way, I can keep showing up without burning out. I never reach that point because I am governed. I am hemmed in by the best practices for my womb. And in living in that healthy way, I just, it's a fail-safe system. It doesn't allow me to burn out because I have to get a certain amount of rest. Because what's the price I'm going to pay if I don't live according to menstrual alignment? Pain. PMS. Going back to, to what I lived and I don't want to live that way. And now it doesn't like, I don't go back to the debilitating pain that I was in because that was a result of years and years and years of of living in a way that was not in service to myself. And it took five months to release myself from. Most people, three months, me five, because of how much was gathered, how much was built up. But now it's little tiny, a little tiny cramp. I can go, what did I do in the last 28 days that was not serving me? Like I, it's like that now. But what it means is that I can show up, I can actually build this business with full energy, um, the people around me, this one is really cool. So people always say, um, I need to protect myself from harmful energies. There are some people in my life who just take and take and take from me and I want them away, but I don't know. I used to have a client who would say um, she would want to rehearse the conversation that she was going to have with somebody who was harmful in her life to try to set a boundary. And she'd be like, okay, so Christine Marie, this is what I want to say. And I would go, but we were in this process, right? So I would go, you don't need to rehearse it. You don't need to have the words. It's not going to happen. The conversation, she's just not going to come to you like that. And that's a huge effect of this is that harmful energies, when you're living in alignment with you, because all of this is ultimately about nurturing you, body is the side effect of you practicing self-nurturing through the womb what happens is it creates like this force field that even if they get to you, they can't harm you. Just the words that they usually say, the complaints they usually have, the way they usually sucker you and pull in your energy and, and get you all crazy. They are, it is taken away from them as they come into your world. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So not only does it living in alignment with our menstrual cycles helps us with, you know, feeling our best and improving our relationships with others and having, you know, good womb health and having um, so many of these different things, but also helps us really go back to who we truly are, right? And you've overcome endometriosis going through this path. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so I had the diagnosis and I got it early on because my womb was just so flailing. Um, and I, I do believe that if, if you're suffering from menstrual disorder, it's because your womb refuses to give up on you. 
It's because there is a music in your soul that must be heard. And the way that you are living now is not allowing its freedom. And so it is a call for help and you can help it. So I don't want you to at all shame yourself in any way for thinking your body is just not good. No, it's great. And there's just a little bit of adjustment that it needs. But for me, the endometriosis was in the form of endo flares and was in the form of, um, of remarkable fertility issues. And it wasn't showing up. It stopped showing up on the ultrasound. Um, and I remember my OBGYN, she said to me, I told her what I do for a living. This was like in August. I said what I do for a living and she laughed. And she said, that's the, my waiting room is filled with people who are your patients. Ha ha ha. And I was like, it's not funny. Look at my ultrasound. Do you see endometria? Do you see anything? And she was like, no, I don't see anything. And I said, look at my file. And it says instances, and it talks about endometriosis. You don't see it because it resorbed. Because if we don't feed the problem, it can't grow. Just like fact and said, let's hear that again if you don't feed the problem it, it can't grow exactly so another way to say it conversely if we feed the solution the solution grows if we feed balance the balance stays and and it becomes a habit for it to stay it becomes a habit and becomes normal and so then if you experience any pain you don't say oh you know it's just pain you say I'm in pain like a dude, like a dude playing soccer. Soccer players, if you like brush past a soccer player, they go, ah, oh, oh. So Shout out to all the boys watching um, the World Cup right now. Yes. Um, we see you, we see you falling over after <laughs> brushing it lightly against yourself. The boys and the girls, I have this great. Um, in girls don't my- do it. In the female, no, I mean the girls watching the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was. I have this. I did. Footballers really. Um, Huh? I was addressing the footballers really. Um, Yeah, we see you. We see (laughs) you. (laughs) I have a perfect example. I was making. I'm a. I'm a transformational speaker, and I talk about this. And I was um, making a slide about how women experience pain and how girls are taught to experience pain and how boys are taught to experience pain. And I looked up girl in pain and it shows a girl in a soccer uniform and she's standing there and she's like this. And then I look up boy in pain. A boy is in the same soccer uniform. It's the same, it's the same photographer and the boy is on the ground with the knee in the air, like this. Screaming. It's rolling. Yes, yes. Like, like that you couldn't see the tears, but you knew that he was emulating, like he was suggesting that. Same, same entry, girl in pain, boy in pain, same photography, two different ways that it shows up. So why do you think women are so much better at dealing with pain so much um, so trained to accept pain as a part and parcel of of our journey of our lives two reasons number one shame 
Uh, we have it in the Bible. The book of Genesis says God gave something to the effect of God gave woman the ability to, to give life. And because she has such a mighty power, she must pay for it in pain. And I found this when I was looking at a study about why girls are not allowed to be in pain. It was a study from um, Cambridge, actually, um, about why girls are, are groomed to not show pain um, and why they're ignored if they do show pain and the consequences of that. So, uh, so the first thing is that it's in the Bible. So if you have a whole world, the Christian world, Christendom, existing from this belief, um, which is what our society is built on, then it's already built in that we are really bad and that this is a normal thing. You're supposed to be in pain. The, the Bible said so. Then we have shame because we operate on a 28-day hormonal cycle, which means we have certain needs that our body sets up for us, like the three-day restorative time, that slow us down so that we can't show up. The, the, the ally is on a 24-hour cycle. So they get the rest that they need during that cycle. We get that same, that level of rest. We need the three days to get that level of rest so that we can kick butt and take names at full energy for the other 28 days. But because we can't show up like them every day, like they do, we feel ashamed. So what are we going to do? We're going to compensate for that. And we're going to be quiet. So we feel the pain, we tolerate the pain, we normalize the pain the same way that somebody who has a backpack that has rocks in it and puts the backpack on every day normalizes the weight of those rocks. When somebody else sees them and goes, hey, you have, the, you have rocks in your backpack and you take them out, they go, oh my God, oh my God, I didn't know that I was walking around with rocks in my backpack. Well, that's this. What happens with our menstruators when they get into menstrual alignment is if they were showing up at 100% before, they're showing up. It's like the turbo boosters have been lit under them. They have more energy. They are innovating more powerfully and they are impacting more powerfully because they are not tolerating and working with this slow burn of pain. There's a wonderful quote by Muhammad Ali. It's not the mountains you have yet to climb. It's the, it's the stone in your shoe. We're willingly putting a stone in our shoe in order to compete with a system and a way of being that is not ours and is not made for it us. It wasn't built for us and it, it's, it's not built to serve us and have us operate in our highest, highest um way in our highest in our in service, our highest, right in our highest service in, in a way that that serves us well <laughs> if we it's are all awesome. built to operate on this 24-hour cycle that we we can't participate in but we force ourselves and it causes all kinds of issues with our health like you were we were talking before we started recording about like all of the you know the lack of alignment with a menstrual cycle and those different, you know, living in alignment with those different phases, how does it affect other areas of your life? Like apart from other health issues, what sort of other health issues show up if we don't live with that alignment? Um, 
the first one that comes to mind is super interesting is and and this is just working like this intuitively just came to mind is um is sex is 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 actually being closed off from sex so the question you had earlier was why do we bear pain so well because if we speak up we'll be ashamed we will be shamed for it and so we don't speak up and we just hide and we get through life and that comes with sex as well so i have actually worked with clients who are completely not completely but are closed and sex is painful and it's rare in their lives um even though they're in relationships um long term partnerships it's rare and it's painful and they get through it and what came about through menstrual alignment is that they opened up they bloomed and i think it was if we deny and this is this is definitely conjecture if we deny this part of our body that is beneath our that is beneath our neck all of everything all the things that are beneath it um if we deny it and try to be something else and we all we we almost hate it we resent it for slowing us down it responds and and so one of the big wins for that particular client is going from painful sex every two weeks to joyous amazing sex every two days because her, her um and there is a name for this um situation i just can't remember right now but her but she opened up organically through living a life in dedication to her wholeness uh-huh. And we're especially taught to sacrifice and to give of ourselves and not to take care of ourselves. The only time we're allowed to do that is when we're pregnant. And that's because we're taking care of somebody else. And so and not even then these in this day and age, we're expected to immediately, you know, to work throughout our entire pregnancy, then go back to work immediately after, because we we fear that we might be fired, replaced, or demoted. Um I see so many people in our industry, particularly uh people who work online, they come back immediately after having a baby to work because they yes. fear being irrelevant, because there's this expectations of us being constantly productive the grant culture is not helping this at all so there is no time to stop we completely completely out of whack with this alignment well here's what's cool here's what is so cool about what you just said is that the same way that in priestess phase we solve problems that were created by reason and in the like grind world we solve them irrationally like mm-hmm. the solutions just well when we live according to menstrual alignment, which in this world, it would be called other, when we live in this other way, we impact and solve in this other way as well. And so it becomes an unfair advantage to the marketplace. Amazing. When we stop grinding, because they did the studies, the studies show that the, the 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 line of diminishing returns, the point of diminishing returns is 32 hours of work. If you work more than 32 hours in a week, you are no longer, you are just, you're not productive. 
you're just doing. And so when we lean on, when we lean into our menstrual alignment and we look at the world, we look at the grind culture and we say, oh, you're going to do that right now. I'm not going to do that because I'm not aligned with it. I'm going to do that later when I'm in full alignment with the thing. It's terrifying at first because we're like, I'm missing out. I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. But when you come, you come so hard. Oh, I don't mean it like that. Oh my God. I just, <laughs> I, you, you didn't say it. I wouldn't have, have said it. Oh, like uh, my brain you is really always in the gutter. <laughs> my brain is always in the gutter. It is such a like problem. I think <laughs> I'm so perverted and I hate to say it out loud, but it's true. Um, You're a little pervert. Little perv over here. When you show up for these things in this way, having rested, when you, when you let yourself have your three-day restorative and you're not going, and it takes a while, it took a while for me and it takes a while for my clients when they're like, I should be doing stuff. The world is going to collapse if I'm not doing everything. Um, you a bit less feel like this. Problem, yes. Right. And when you actually start to trust and your first, your first like, your first battle, your first obstacle to learn this kind of trust is with this three-day restorative. When you learn that the world didn't fall and actually that the world really loves taking care of you and, and when, the, when you let the world take care of you and rest, then when you show up to take care of the world, you show up with more impact because you are fully rested. You allow solutions and impact to show up that would never have come otherwise. You're not spinning your wheels and your work is just, it's so much better. Like I, I love to give the short-term example, like a micro example. I meditate twice a day. And when I skip the meditation, because I'm so in the flow that I just don't want to stop, I will make a mistake that will cost me about an hour of work or I'll publish something that was wrong. Mm -hmm. And- So there are real consequences in neglecting those needs that you have in those specific um, moments in your cycle. Yes, and here's the sad part. You're, you're suffering the consequences right now. You don't even know what you're neglecting. And so you don't even know what you're, I call it a disservice to the world. Everybody wants to like serve the, especially us, like I'm going to say women because of how we're groomed. We are groomed to serve the world. When women become millionaires and billionaires, we donate, we, we, we put it into charity, we give for a sustainable world, for growth and preventative action and love, nurture. When, when our allies get millions and billions, they go to space. Um, <laughs> You know, like, look at the difference. Um, we're missing yeah. out on that. Yeah. Because and, and and we're and we're do and we're serving a system so that they can go to space instead of because there's a solution. Amazon can work just as well as it's working now without pulling from the resources of workers. Yeah. You know, we can actually live without fossil fuels and all of that time and money that's going into um fear 
and finding ways to get more people to buy fossil fuels more and to rely on it more because people have stopped wanting fossil fuels. If you actually use that for preservation, another solution would avail itself. And that is what it is to be a woman in our world. Is like, we are the other solution and we're missing out on giving it light. In filling our best so we, we can be that solution. But what's in your way of spreading that message? What do you think is like the biggest thing that's in, in the way of this, let's call it a menstrual revolution? <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, menstrual revolution. Menstrual revolution. Um, revolution. 84.1% of menstruators are suffering. Okay. Like, it's like that. And NIH has endometriosis across the table. I mean, you guys can send us an email after this and tell us how you're suffering. <laughs> yeah. It's one in 10 have endometriosis now. It's, it's, NIH has a statistic of 90% suffering. 84.1% is from an older study. The, most recently, I saw this on a case study, 90%. This statistic was um, put up. And so that's what we're dealing with, is that it's it's beyond normal. It's a super majority. And so because everybody else is experiencing it, then it's just fine, but it's not. Um, so what's standing in the way is number one, it's normal to suffer, which it's not. So that's the first thing that's standing so breaking in Breaking the idea that it is normal to be in pain, it is normal to struggle with your energy levels, that it's normal to, to have cysts of the size of your waist grow inside you. <laughs> right. And yeah. so that's the first thing. And then the next one is my absolute favorite, which is learned helplessness. It is, um, learned helplessness is uh, Dr. Marty Seligman, Martin Seligman, Dr. Martin Seligman, who's the co-parent of positive psychology of that movement in psychology. Um, in the 60s, he did an experiment, he and somebody else did an experiment with dogs where a dog was in a container and was put in a state of distress. The dog, we are made to survive. So if we are distressed, we will look for a way to save ourselves. The dog looked for a way, tried a bunch of different things, found a button, pushed the button, the distress ended. So the dog, so, okay, great. Then they did the same thing with dogs, but there was no button. So the dog looks to save themselves. There's no button. They don't, they get over it. They stop trying to save themselves. Then what they did was they put, they replicated the experiment and put them together. And the dogs who know that there's a button never stopped looking for it until they found it. And even though the other dogs saw them not having distress anymore, they had learned helplessness. And they did nothing. They bore it and coped with it and tolerated it because they had no other choice. We are suffering from learned helplessness because the people we have charged with the responsibility for our physical health, doctors, want to help us, but they tell us there is no cure, there is no solution for you. We can treat the symptoms, 
but by treating the symptoms, there are side effects. <laughs> and the side effects are endless. I mean, we could do a whole another episode podcast about the list of side effects um, that are coming with, uh, with hormonal medication, with contraception, with all these kinds of things that exactly. we pump into ourselves thinking that it will solve the problem where it causes, you know, 15 million more. I and don't think there's a bigger, um, we call it the pamphlet, leaflet inside any other drug than, than menstrual, you know, the contraceptive drugs. Well, they and that's, because of that's the, what you're outlining is the effect of, of when we need solutions, we need doctors and I love doctors and I appreciate doctors and I've had the best medical care, but the best medical care, in fact, exacerbated the problem. And that's the effect of prosthetics. When I ran the marathon, my rolfing guy, he said, I said, oh, done. There are these compression socks. And when you run with these compression socks, you don't get shin splints. So I want to wear compression socks when I train. And he said, no prosthetics if you want to run a, a safe and healthy marathon. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, if you put on the prosthetic, your body never learns that it needs certain muscles for the long distance that you're running. And so it never starts the process of growing those muscles. And what will happen is that eventually the compression socks will not be able to keep your, because you'll keep running, they won't be able to, your legs will not have grown strong enough for the long distance and the socks won't be able to keep you from the pain and the pain will be worse as a result of using these compression socks. So for your long-term health, for your marathon, no to the compression socks. That's the very same thing. This birth control, it's, it's control until your womb flails enough that it stops working. And then, and that's why we start playing whack-a-mole with all of our medications. It's, it's really eye-opening, isn't it? How we're looking at it, how we're treating it, how many more problems we're causing with it because of this learned helplessness. Um, and how much life could really be different once we start to hear this message and start implementing it. So a lot of people are probably wondering how the hell can they find you and take this mini course that you've given away so they can learn about all the different stages and one stage they're in right now and start living in more of an alignment with them yeah well what'd you say what's the last thing and start healing their womb yes and the mini course is the beginning i also offer i'm on this mission 300 i am trying to get three 100 data points, 300 case studies, so that medicine can start hearing us because I know that doctors would want to get behind something like this, but they need proof. And so I am trying to get more and more people to into my course, No More Cramps and PMS. That's what it's called. It's 10 minutes a day. And at the end of it, you are either out of pain in PMS or you have remarkable shift and you are on your way out. And it may take a little bit longer like it took for me to get out of it than the three months that the course covers. But um, this mini course is a lovely way to start that process. 
And you can get that by, I'm, I'm sure you'll have the link in your description of yeah. the show notes. So have a look in there. Yeah. So um, when you join my mailing list, which is just more information like this, um, then you get access to the mini course and it'll get you started. And if, especially if you are suffering and if you are tired of being told, let's try another birth control or the hysterectomy conversation has come up or the psychiatric meds conversation has come up, both of which were parts of my life and are not relevant anymore. Those conversations don't exist. Um, then you might look at the course to get started. And by getting in touch with Christy, you're not only doing this for yourself and improving the quality of your life. Uh, for yourself and yourself only but you're actually taking in part in something bigger in creating a solution that may affect everyone that's menstruating right now if the doctors after having those 300 cases choose to commission a study that will prove that this womb health can be achieved in the way that Christy is proposing which has worked for counselors and amounts of clients of hers so it, you're, you're part of the revolution she's starting Yes, and we need you. We need you because this is needless suffering now. And it may not work for everybody, but oh my gosh, you know the starfish story? Do you know the starfish story? No, I don't think so. The oh. only starfish I know is Patrick from SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, I love SpongeBob. Um, there's a story about the starfish and this person's walking on the beach and he sees this other person and and the person is uh picking up starfish that have beached that are washed up and throwing them back and this the beach is covered in starfish um who have been beached and they're beached. I didn't even beached, know uh, washed up <laughs> i've never heard anyone use the word beached yeah oh. washed up and and the tide flows back out and they're stuck and this, this, I, I believe it was a man and a woman. I'm trying to keep it gender free, but I already messed up with that when I said he. But in the story, she keeps throwing the starfish back into the water. And he says, why are you doing this? You're never going to get all these starfish back in the water. And she says, well, and throws another one in. That one's in the water. That one's in the water. And keeps throwing. And that is what this is about. One person could affect five people and five people could affect those five. And so it goes. And this is needless suffering. And when we're not suffering, the other side of it is that we are in our wholeness and we're impacting, which is why we came here to this planet anyway, to impact in a very, in the way that is ours. And the last reason is because of the long-term effects. So as we get more, research on women's health, the number one killer of women is cardiac disease. And studies are showing that there is a connection between awful menstruating years and instances of cardiac disease and stroke. This is a long-term, this is not a, well, I'll get through it and then I'll, you know, get menopause and it'll be done. No. But for your daughter and your granddaughter, this it continues. Well, it's <laughs> continuing for you because it's gonna it manifests in other problems later, and it's gonna continue for your for people who you love. And yeah, it's true. We love others. You know, I have to admit it. 
I love my dog. Like if it's my dog's welfare, I'll make a move faster than I will for myself. Because mm-hmm. my dog is my heart. I don't have a baby yet, but when I have a baby, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing. And if you can't do it for you, because it is hard and we're not made to do for us, then do it for them because they need you to model wholeness so that they don't live their way into the menstrual disorders that we might be suffering from. Because we lived our way into this user fault, user fail, as opposed to instrument. Mm-hmm. We can live our way out. That's how we know that and it's, it's such an unnecessary and such a way to suffer and such a prolonged way to suffer for all of us. It's, you know, I don't know about you or anyone else listening, but for me, uh, my, my, my priestess, you know, menstruating state can last up to 10, 11 days. So yes. it's really, really unnecessary suffering for an unnecessary amount of time. If we can stop that, and if your mission can stop that, that's, I think, the, the biggest gift we can give to the next generation of, of menstruating people. And time. Do you know, I did the numbers, 10 days of suffering. I didn't do the numbers for what yours would be if you have premenstrual pain as well, but the 10 days of suffering that encompass the average menstrual sufferer's time of suffering multiplied by the average length of menstruating years, which is two to three decades, equals 16.4 years or 45,000 days lost to suffering. Those 10 days that we do every month, 45,000 days. And think about the vacations and think about the, the just the, the joyful moments. For what? So to stay disempowered because we're not living the way that these other people are living? Which, by the way, look at where that's gotten us. This is not a thriving world. Like, they need our balancing power. And I have found in my interpersonal relationships, when I show up and say, this is what is needed, I need you to step up because this is where I am. These are my limitations in the most beautiful way. These are my beautiful limitations. Our allies are so glad to, because they have this in them too. They've been groomed to take, but Actually, we're the ones who are supposed to be receiving and they're the ones who are supposed to be giving. And when they get the opportunity to do that, they're so happy. They're grateful. And so few of us are willing to do that. And that's why I've got a bunch of little boys waiting for their mother all the time because we're being the givers and they are being groomed to receive. We don't have to do that. Let's help each other. This is a complementary world. It's not a, it's not equality. It's equity. That is that. I want to end on that because that's powerful. Yeah, we and and we should stop because we we just. <laughs> if you want to be part of the three hundred that are going to be part of this change that we need to see in the world, then you have to reach out to Christy, and you have to. Um, just send their message on Instagram. It's Sparrow Holistic, right? Sparrow Thrive is- Sparrow uh, Thrive. Sparrow Thrive. You couldn't have known. Yeah, Sparrow Thrive. Yeah. On Instagram. And you will, or you can have a look in the show notes and you'll find all of her socials and links and that if you want to make a contact. 
or if you are somebody who can help her with this mission, somebody who in the medical field who is interested in participating in this future studies about this, um, right? That might be helpful. And I do have doctors here in Germany sending me uh, patients, which is really lovely. Um, no OBGYNs, only general practitioners, but um, yeah, it, doctors are part of this. And I am in Germany, but I work worldwide because I'm an American, so I can't help but work with the, with a lot of Americans by default, so yeah. Of course. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for coming and sharing this with us. Oh, thank you. Thank it's you for this podcast. It's so cool. It's so cool that you go out and do these things to help us all. I'm very, very, very honored to have you here. And thank you for being here. Thank you.